whole start. I know you've been in the industry, you know, I'm talking to friends and stuff like, oh, Alex has been around for a long, long time. But I want to go before um, ODYS was a thing. Obviously, you were selling PBNs, domains. You, you've always been a domainer for many, many years. But why or what, what was the thought process? Why a marketplace at this, you know, because it's only started in recent years, right? Yeah, we actually gone live in like, you know, the, the, the company that owns the marketplace was registered in 2017, so mm -hmm. it's not that long ago. The marketplace, the first version went live in 2019. Yep. Uh, to be honest, I got tired of selling domains through a spreadsheet. <laughs> and I thought like there has to be something to it like that's more than an actual, you know, collection of names in a spreadsheet. Uh, sort of like I wanted to leave something behind. Yep. So I thought like, let's build a great company. Let's build a marketplace where people won't just, you know, harass me at 3 a.m. in the morning. If they want to buy a domain, they can just go log in and, and buy their domain. That's it. Yeah. So that was the school of thought. And that's what we got done, basically. Yeah. Um, so 2019, first version yeah. went live. Uh, I think we done our first agreement 2020 when, yep. when COVID just hit. Just one, one um, year later. Yeah. So... Obviously, you've progressed over the years, things are happening, but what else are you adding to? Because obviously, people out there, if you don't know, if you're sitting around with a whole bunch of uh, old domains, you can put them on your marketplace yep. uh, and list it to... Because obviously, you've got a, a great audience now, um, a big list. You've, you've spent a lot of money sponsoring events and all the different stuff. So what else are you adding just for the people who don't know and just think that's all they do is just age domains, what else can we get on there? So recently we've launched the Sell Your Domains initiative. So if you have a bunch of domains that you're just sitting there and they cost you money because you have to pay renewal fees, now you can you know, make money. You basically can sell them. So, yeah. And you can sell them for a hefty amount. And why is that? Well, the format of the marketplace was meant to increase the perception of value of a domain. Because mm -hmm. when you have a domain, if it's like the best domain in the world with 5,000 referring domains, it's just an entry in a spreadsheet. It doesn't say much about it. You change the perception of value for a domain when you put it in an actual landing page, when you create like a logo that can you know, somehow signal what you can do with the domain, when you write growth strategies for the domain, when you show you know, the backlink profile, the highest authority link, and how much you would have spent to get them via server, Harrow service, for instance. Yeah. So you, when you have all that, the perception of value just go it just goes crazy. So uh, th that's one thing. You, you can list your domains for sale. And now as part of our market segmentation strategy, we plan to go into multiple other services. Like we recently launched Hosting. And not because we plan on you know, competing with, I don't know, GoDaddy or HostGator. Just because sometimes people just trust us. They wanna be, don't want to be bothered you know, dealing with other companies. So yep. if they want to launch five websites, why not host it with us? Yeah. And then we plan to expand into you know, done-for-you affiliate websites, you know, topic cluster. And we've recently even went into mentoring, so we'll be doing one-on-one -on -one mentoring. So if you need a mentor, you plan to launch a website, you need a mentor to handhold you, you know, throughout yeah. the first year, you can do that with us yeah. as well. I think it's a good idea, especially for, for people who are buying that and it's maybe the first time and they just want someone to bounce a few ideas off. Should I do this? What else could I do? Um, so I think it's a, a great thing that you're adding to, to the community um for for because we're always trying to encourage people do your own thing get yep. the side hustle going do affiliate or whatever and um, so i think it's a great thing obviously today you're here in york speaking at affiliate gathering um out promoting but obviously you as the owner of odys 
also doing the speaking, all that kind of stuff. I want to talk a bit about the team, the scaling and all that kind of stuff because we all have had stories to tell over that. So what, when you started out 2017, what was the setup like? What was the staff like compared to what it is now? Yeah, so things have progressed and regressed because, you know, you plan for things and then life happens and sometimes, you know, life just doesn't give a damn of what plans are, it just, you know, it goes through it. So initially I have the team, so the main team was in India and it was a great team. I personally trained them and one thing that I'm really, really proud of and that I managed to, like all of them still stick with the company. Like I didn't fire anyone nor anyone left and I think that speaks of you know, how we actually managed to build the company. So it's a great team. I believe it's one of the few teams that really understand the, the pros and cons and the ins and outs of age domains and what to look for uh, specifically in age domains. So the initial setup, and these guys have been with me since early 2014, way before we had a marketplace. Yeah. Even in those times where we actually, it was all word of mouth and I'd get introduction, Alex, can you help me get this domain, that domain, do you have any domains? Can you get me more domains? Here's 10 grand, I need 100 domains. So all these big deals that were happening behind the curtain, but it was extremely exhausting for me, even for the team. So we said, like, we need a product, we need a marketplace, so let's bring it up. So that was the initial setup. Uh, then uh, the company was incorporated in Estonia, so I decided, you know, for you know, bunch of reasons. So I had a small office there, uh, the accountants, you know, the legal stuff. Uh, then I ended up partnering uh, with the guy that we, like, scaled a big Amazon affiliate website project, and we ended up selling a bunch of those sites, and then he joined us as the head of domain acquisition because he knew the ins and outs of domain. So I entrusted him the domain investing part. Yeah. And he's now based in Vienna in Austria, so he's handling that part. And um, I, I ended up you know, moving to Romania for a period. I married a Romanian woman, so <laughs> I'm, I've been living there. So um, Romania is bordering Moldova, so I thought, why not open an office there? Eastern Europe, lots of talent. Um, you know, ended up creating a fancy office, hired a bunch of people, didn't really work out. So now we're kind of becoming smaller again, but expanding in two directions. The first one that the partnerships, which work really great. And the second one is we want to scale the marketplace, both the technology and the inventory. So going back to India, first and foremost, um, you've always got a team there. Is that just VAs, remote workers, or do you physically have an office where all these guys go? No, it, it's all it's all it's all remote. It's yeah. all remote. Like the office thing. Like I've been working all my life, you know, doing online stuff, and at some point I really wanted an office like to go to, and it doesn't really it doesn't make people happy. Yeah. So instead of paying them a full time wage, a salary, you know, you treat it as like tasks or you know. Uh, daily responsibility that simply need to get done and that get paid on that. Now they have full-time salaries because they've been, you know, for such a long period of time with the company. But back in the day, it was like, well, you get that domain index, you get paid $5. <laughs> so it started with that and they got to know the ins and outs. Nowadays, I, like whenever we have to get a domain index to check a few things, I don't even know how they do it, but they already have the systems in place. Yeah. I just fully trust them on this one. Uh, so all of your kind of people, even in, uh, you said, you know, Moldova, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of these people are remote workers. No, I'm transitioning to remote now. We tested this office thing. You, so yeah, you had yeah. the office. Yeah, it, it didn't, didn't work, work out. out. Yeah. It... What, you know, what was the reasons that um, the office didn't work out? And in, in your experience, of course, you know, people say, ah, oh, no, offices do work. You know, we can get people and motivate them and all this stuff. But for what was your kind of thought process of why the office didn't work? Yeah, so I think the office kind of, it progresses into this agency mindset where your goal is to actually 
deliver something for the sake of delivering, not actually getting a result. And the problem with that is that we are a product company. So we have to actually sell in order to finance, you know, paying salaries and just, you know, growing, right? And it didn't really work out. Just like with any, you hire an agency to grow your website and to rank it, it most likely they won't be able to do that. They will just take your money away. And this is what happened with the exact same format. So people just get lazy and not because they're bad people, this is their nature. So instead, I want to move to, um, you know, a format where I have like a core team, no more than 10, you know, 15 people around me handling yeah. different parts of the business and everything else is just individual contractors who, you know, they, they get, get paid based on their performance and they know exactly what to do and what's in it for them. So I think that will work best, you know, to yeah. avoid any of the lazy stuff, you know, I'm not in, I want to take a day off, I'm not ready, you know, the business needs you here and there. <laughs> I think a lot of people listening will have had the, uh, you know, people coming up with different excuses and whatnot, um, which is a killer. But um, obviously managing remote staff uh, is a task in itself. Uh, any tips for people who do want to scale, hire a few people? How do you, because you've kept guys for 10 years nearly, you know, your, your Indian people. Um, how do you keep them motivated? Because they're now on salaries, you know, they're not performance based. Yep. How do you work them up in, into keeping going? Yeah, so first of all, it's tough. It's not an easy job. But there are three main things. The first one is strong leadership. You really need to be a strong leader, otherwise they won't follow you. And there are some tough times in the business, so you need to provide this you know, strong leadership attitude for them to follow along. The second thing is set goals. Like You have to give them goals and let them do it. And the um, third thing would be create systems that avoid pitfall, pitfall, pitfalls, but you know, the, the concept is no single point of failure. For instance, we had someone that would be in charge of, let's say, domain, owner, domain, transfers, uh, domain ownership transfer, right? And there were days when we had sales and you know, he planned a trip, so he was not there. So I said, well, can you find a body? Can you find someone that would replace you? So there is no single point of failure when you're there. And they created their own systems which allowed me to basically be there, provide the service, scale, deliver the domain, whatever it takes, and I don't really care where they are, what they're doing, they can just you know, let, the, let the system take care of itself. Yeah. So strong leadership, set goals, and create systems with no single point of failure. And that has helped tremendously. Any other tips in terms of the platforms? Because I know in the past people have used Trello, Notion, yeah. Yeah. What sort of system are you using to, to interact or, you know, task, you know, de delegating tasks out? Is there a system you recommend? So, for the first team, which is in India, I gave them complete autonomy over this. So I say, you figure out what works best for you. Yeah. And more importantly, even with hiring, like, I haven't control, kept control over that. So you find the people that you need, you know, to get the job done. So yeah. they've been doing training. I trained them, like a handful of people, and then they trained everyone else. Mm -hmm. So I simply gave them the real, like, figure things out. Like, let me need if you need any help, but figure things out. And yeah. they did. And they hired, like, their neighbor, you know, their brother, everyone they thought they can trust. Yeah. And they built great systems themselves. That's, <laughs> I mean, I think that's half of the, the reason where I've went wrong in a lot of businesses is I always tried to have too much hands-on um, control. And certainly... And certainly uh, you know, you're, you're the complete opposite. You've just given someone the, the opportunity to do it. So maybe that's the right way 
Um, yeah, so I went things. full contrarian on this one. And I, I told them, I'm not going to micromanage you. Like, yeah. you have to figure things out. And this is what I did with the other teams when I got so involved that they got lazy. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was bad for, for the business, and we ended up you know, departing, basically. Yeah, nah, it's not good. Uh, <laughs> so going back, you know, you've, you've, you've scaled up the office, you're, you're tweaking things, you're going back to remote workers. Um, but also over the years, you've had different sites, different platforms, web developers, um, trying to better yourself. I want to talk a little bit about that as well, because obviously a lot of that takes time effort, there's technology, what platforms do you use, um, there's problems trying to get developers to do work. Um, that, you know, I, I think everyone out there will say, ah, oh, yeah, I've got this developer. How do you overcome that? Where do you find good developers? You know, you've, you're obviously, you've got people in Eastern Europe, I'm sure you're probably yep. using India. Where, where is the best place to find these good developers? So what worked really well for us in the beginning was actually hiring agencies. Uh, I said that can be a problem, but if done right, like through recommendation, like we had James Dooley recommend Rick Hope, I believe, who owns yeah, yeah, Tattoo Rick. from Manchester, and they did a great job. Actually, uh, Nicola did, like, she came up with the first Odie's brand and the design, and, you know, the, the design for the, for the second version of the marketplace, and that worked really well. It was a one-time job, you know, paid a lot of money, but they got it done. So, and also, the, the first developer, it, he was an independent contractor. So there is some kind of skin in the game for them. I mean, yeah. it was not hourly based. It's more like, all right, here's the goal. Here's what I need to get done. How much? All right, I'll tell you that. But it has to be delivered. You know, this is the dead line, the, the due date. You have to deliver that on the due date. And then we tried to scale by hiring our own staff, thinking yeah. that, well, if outsourced agencies did such a great job, what if I take someone with actual skin and soul in the game who cares for the company, who works full time? Well, it didn't work that well because, you know, they get lazy. Yeah. So that's a truth that some of them might be hearing this, but I, I, I won't shy away. So people get lazy and, and, they, they, and that's a big problem for the business because they, the, the only thing they care about is their own interest. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's, it's my business like an entrepreneur. I, I do think about those risks when hiring someone because that's their career, you know, they feed their families. But at the end of the day, what worked really well is setting up goals and tasks and paying for those. Yeah. So I can give a developer a task, like I need this system created so it solves this problem, how much? And yep. they say, well, one month. Well, how much? Like five grand, all right, I'll give you that. And now I pay them half and the other half when it's done. And yeah. it's in their interest to deliver. Whereas if it's a monthly wage, they can be late, like three months late with a feature, yeah. and I still have to pay the wages. So it doesn't really work out. And the last format which we did is exactly that. So one week later, we still don't have the new platform up and running, <laughs> but you know, things are progressing and you have to pay the bill, so to speak. So, you know, building things, you know, like finding developers and business has always been a huge challenge, but I believe that's one of the reasons why we got an advantage over the competitors, because yeah. they haven't been investing in that. Well, I know many of the competition are still using spreadsheets and whatnot. So, um, and I think we had a conversation uh, with other people out there. You're handed a spreadsheet with thousands of domains and you're like, fuck, you know, this is not easy. Yep. Um, obviously your platform uh, is very simple, very easy. You can see how old the domain is, top, top links. Um, so it makes the job as a buyer, uh, as a customer a lot easier. So. We're always grateful for, for that, but uh, not so grateful for the, the problems. But I think it's a great suggestion to, to maybe 
encourage the developers to do the job quicker by keeping half of the money. Yep. Um, so a nice tip there, knowledge bomb, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but um, out with that, you know, promoting uh, a marketplace, you know, how, how what sort of things have worked well for you? Again, I know we've spoken um, away from this podcast about it, but yep. for anyone else who's listening to this who has a marketplace or a tool or whatever it might be, what sort of things worked and also what didn't work? Um, you know, because I know you're a guy that literally <laughs> has tried, I'm not going to say a scattergun approach, but you've tried a wide range of yep. different things. You can't have had success with them all. Yep. Um, so what things were working well for you? Well, the agency things in terms of like create banners, you know, advertise, post on Facebook, that's just nice to have that doesn't work. What really moves the needle in this business, and there are, it's very specific to the business because the SEO domains thing and domain and niche sites and everything that revolves around, you know, is community driven. So you have to actually go and understand what makes the community tick yeah. and kind of understand. So if you try to show them an ad, well, they might click on it, they might not, they may interact, they may sign up, but this doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. So what works really well is networking, networking partnerships, uh, you know, sponsoring events, uh, getting yourself out there. Obviously, I haven't been out there up until now, but I mean, I, we've been out there through you, for instance. So yeah. we had, we've been partners for uh, almost two years, and that works really, really well. And the problem with that is that people are afraid of being exposed because they might not deliver, they may not have the best product, they may not have the best intent, they may not have the, uh, let's say, um, so in, in, in other words, you have to expose yourself because that has two parts which kind of go into one. The first one, by exposing yourself, now there is no going back. You have to deliver. You have to build a great product. You have to tell them that you know they're not losing money by investing whatever you have to say. Yeah. And uh, and and you kind of you, you become more accountable and responsible for what you're building as a business. And the other side of thing is that obviously they will like you. You know, yeah. you, you've been speaking a lot in the events, you know, you, the, the exposure you get. And that wins really, you, you get to win really big with that approach. So we've been trying to be out there through our partners. Now I'm most likely going to be, you know, a little bit more proactive myself, but we're still investing a lot in our partners and that has worked out really well. Uh, I believe people are just, I'd say, greedy when it comes to partners yeah. and they keep most of the money for, for the business, which is not a bad thing, but what you have to understand that you cannot grow alone. You need like influential people, you need people with, who know what they're talking about, you know, to promote you, you know, to introduce you to other people. So that has worked really well for us. Yeah, partnership. Uh, you know, I, I know you've, you've probably done Facebook ads, stuff like that. Is that a great way to get exposure as well? Do you still do things like that or not at all? Well. I'll be honest with you, throughout your recommendation, the conversions rate were way higher than anything we've managed to do through our you know, paid advertising, like Google Ads, Facebook, we did everything, Spotify ads, like we've tested literally everything, like Quora ads, uh, what, Reddit ads, we did everything, like forum ads, like word of mouth you know, marketing and recommendation, and in, in this introduction, they just, they just work on a completely different level. So for instance, we, we were spending 10 grand, uh, 10, 10,000 euros a month on just uh, Facebook ads up yep. until recently and, 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 and Google ads, and we gave up on that. <laughs> I, and I, I really feel like, it, like things may have decreased a little bit in terms of like, 
you know, the, the number of requests, access requests you get, but it's not detrimental to the business. And I can easily compensate that by doing this podcast with you. Yep. I can easily compensate that by asking you, can you introduce me to that guy? Yeah. But I can easily compensate that for means that are both enjoyable for me, you know, being a part of the community and also by, you know, just growing my network. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't agree anymore. You know, people have said to me over the years, you travel too much, you do this, you do that. Um, but it's, it's, it's sometimes not what you know, it's who you know in this industry. And yeah, I can't speak highly enough about, you know, getting yourself out there and getting the, the exposure that's available. Um, but um, sometimes, um, you know, I think we were, we were a good match personally because of my audience seemed to yep. like this type of thing. Um, obviously, I've had other sponsors who have maybe not had the same um, level of conversion. So I think you need to be very, very careful on who you choose to partner with. Um, do, you know, what sort of, when you're looking for partners, I know you've partnered with, you know, Diggity, myself and, and various other people. And uh, <laughs> do you have, do you care? Are you doing deep research going, this is definitely a right fit, or, or were you just going, like, we'll just try this? We're in. just testing, because you never know. <laughs> uh, we, we leave a certain amount of space for randomness, and yeah. it works out really well. Because the way, we, uh, from an accounting point of view, so there are two types of accounting. The cost accounting, which is say, well, I paid Craig this, how much did I get out of Craig, for instance? Yeah. And the second one is called throughput accounting. And with throughput, you look at what you get from the entire thing. So let's say we have partners as a project. Yeah. And we spend like half a million dollars a year on partners. Yeah. Now, I don't care if you make me money or not, as, li as long as you make me some money. Yeah. If the overall partners program is profitable, bring me positive ROI, ROI then I'm going to move forward with it. So yeah. that throughput type of accounting has really changed the, mind the mindset a little bit. And we just started to test things. Yeah. And I'm not saying we're not losing money sometimes, but you have to test. You never know unless you test. Ah, well, it's... I've lost... I don't know, millions of pounds probably yep. over the years through buying the wrong websites, just trying shit out, blowing stuff up. So I think testing uh, things out, and you never know, sometimes you get very surprised by certain events you go to that you didn't think would be all that, or the audience is not great, and then you're like, geez, you know, I made a lot, I made a lot of good connections there, or I made a lot of money there. So um, I think you've got to have randomness. I didn't know if you were going to be super laser targeted like Matt Diggity, his audience definitely by um, age domains and affiliate and all that because of his, you know, what he does. Um, so I wasn't sure if you thought about it too much or you just went, nah, just no, try this, We're try just that. testing. We're just testing and <coughs> see what works. And if it doesn't work at all, then we're going to have a talk and let's see if there are any other way to change the format to make it work. Yeah. Like if no one has ideas, then we'd say, well, sorry. If there are ideas, we're definitely going to go after it. And if it works really well, we're going to think, how can we improve? So it's basically testing and a little bit of randomness for just for to spice things up. Also, a question I get a lot <laughs> from newer companies, uh, you know, SaaS tools and all that. Should I sponsor at events? Should, you know, I know you've sponsored a lot of events, Namescon and, you know, all of these different events. And I know you still do. Yep. Um, how did that go? Was that great, you know, a great overall experience? Is that a good thing to be doing or not? Or yeah, it is. It, it plays in the exact same. So it's part of the partners project. Yeah. So for us, podcasts, you know, any relationship building events that plays 
part of that. Yeah, thing. yeah, that, that's all part of that. So sometimes, like, is it a good event? Like, are there some great speakers? So sometimes uh, there have been events that we've sponsored. Like, there have been events that wouldn't have started without our sponsorship. So yeah. even we're here for the affiliate gathering, we were the first ones to sponsor them last year. Yeah. So they got started with that. Now the second year, Ezoic is sponsoring them. Then we have SEO Underground, right? And yeah. we were the first ones to sponsor them as well. I'm not sure if they managed to, because we, we try to you know, just diversify sometimes. So one we might sponsor the next year, we just take a break, you know, maybe they get traction with more audience. But there are, like, I, I believe in the SEO Mastery Summit with Mads, you know, we were the first ones to actually, you know, pay the bill and sponsor the, the main thing. Yeah. So I, I believe sometimes we just, you know, it's like investing in startups. So we sponsored a few events that ended up, you know, growing. Now Mads event in Saigon in Vietnam got really big as far as I know. I haven't been there. One of my guys been there. But, you know, apparently it, it was worthwhile. So maybe next year we can become like the, the, the biggest sponsor. Yeah. Know, but it's worthwhile. It's one of the best means to grow a brand. Much better than that. You cannot grow a brand through ads. Yeah. You just can retarget, get more traffic, but the branding itself is done through word of mouth, through people. You know, obviously, you position yourself in authority when you sponsor the actual event. Yeah. Like, you know, um, there is this saying that, you know, um, um, you know, the, 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 you position yourself as, as, an, as an authority. Yeah. You know, uh, when, when doing that, and there is no better way to do it. No. I think uh, I, would, I would agree. Agree with that. I can. I think a lot of people don't associate. They always look at the initial return on investment. So I, I sponsored an event. I'm not going to name the event because it's not fair to do that. I didn't make a single sale. Yep. At the event, um, but the brand awareness that I got from it yep. was, you know, overall, um, I think hugely beneficial to me. Um, do you look at it just the cost or are you thinking of the bigger picture when, when you're investing this money in the partnerships? Obviously, some events, you're going to get amazing exposure in terms of brands, but maybe not a lot of sales. Do you consider that as a still a positive or? Yeah, absolutely. If I can get sales, that's awesome. But usually in this business, like for instance, domains are high ticket items. Yeah. So the average price of a domain in our marketplace is like three grand. Yeah. So it's not like you're buying a you know, phone case, whatever. So yeah. it, it, you have to think about it. So it requires some advancement. So the first one is seeing a brand. All right, so now I can trust them. So all these people around me, they see the same brand, they trust it. Yeah. Next one is maybe signing up, applying for an account. That's one thing. Then, you know, hopping on a strategy call. So it pays out in time. Obviously, yeah. there are some events that might not never pay off, but you don't know. You still have to go after them and test, you yeah. know, how it works. But for me personally, the brand awareness is very, very important. There are some events that we sponsored, like the same NamesCon, but the problem with NamesCon is not because it's not a great event, is that the audience is slightly different. So you're dealing with traditional domainers. Yeah. And they don't care about if the domain has been hacked five years ago. We yeah. do. All they care about is the name. Yeah. So in which case, they probably do not really fit as an audience for us, but yeah. they're a great event still. Yeah. And for instance, we've been sponsoring all sorts of alternative investment newsletters, which do speak about domains and maybe some you know, growing websites, but it's just a small portion of all the things that they speak about because they can speak about everything from NFTs to investing in gold and, in, and website. Doesn't really work as well. It has to be like focused on yeah. what you do. Um, no, interesting. Uh, so going forward, obviously you're expanding, growing uh, the marketplace. Um, you've got your mentors on there to help the, the, the people um, and everything else. Um, what what is there any other plans you can share with us that you're also looking to add that's maybe not there yet? 
Yeah, so first thing first, we started as a shop. So actually, all the domains that you initially like seen in the marketplace like a couple of years back were or all investments. So one of the main questions we used to get is, is this domain legitimate? Like, is it like, and my answer would be like, why would I put my money in something that's not worth building on or yeah. selling like that? I ruin my reputation, I ruin your website and the, no one wins, right? So that, that was like a, a good answer and you know, to, to kind of tackle the objection. Uh, the, the, and, and then, but initially, like the, the main reason I even started a marketplace was to make it a marketplace, not a shop. Yeah. So we transitioned towards the seller domain, which now connects buyers with sellers through the marketplace. And even right now, 80-90% of the inventory is still ours, but we are moving in the direction of a real marketplace. And now the new concept involves hand-picked domains, services, like extra services, mm-hmm. mentors, and most likely we'll be Deve- starting developing tools like SaaS, most likely. Uh, two interesting things, uh, ideas that I have, and I, I, I won't shy away just naming them because there is so much uncertainty in the market. Even if you say the best ideas, like, all right, try to get them done. <laughs> the first one is a domain comparison tool, which yeah. uh, kind of, I, I discovered that in, with Amazon, basically, they allow you to, to compare products. So we'll bring that to the marketplace where you see two great Pats domains, which one should I buy? Well, yeah. here's a table you can quickly comparison everything up until price, and then yeah. you make up a decision. And the second one is a redirect tool that would allow you to basically scrape a website just like Screaming Frog Dogs, mm-hmm. and then try to match domains from our inventory with specific pages that you can redirect to. So yeah. that can bring up you know, some uh, additional value to, to the buyers. Because I think that's the thing. Um, when you've got a marketplace, you're going to get uh, experienced people who probably know how to do that shit on their own, but you've also got those people who don't are not as experienced, um, and that is going to massively help push them um, if you can join the dots for them. Um, but just curious, um, you know, you've got Azadine who yep. who's a, 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 a Brand advocate, we'll call yeah, yeah. it that, <laughs> of ODYS. He's just a good friend, first of all. Um, nice guy. Um, I've met him a couple of times at different events. He does very, very well. Yep. Um, I have spoken to him. I've seen his stuff. Um, makes a lot of money. Why can someone like Azadine do this? And a lot of guys out there buy domains. Because I know you were asking questions in there. Who's done a redirect? What way did you do it? Why do you think it didn't work? Yep. Why can someone like Azadine take an age domain? He doesn't believe in buying links. He uses the power of that age domain, does an amazing aggressive content strategy and makes a lot of money. Yep. Why, why is everyone else not doing this? Consistency. What? Consistency. He's very consistent. Like he's a tough motherfucker. <laughs> he just goes after the niche and the, the goal is to win. He, he, uh, I personally check like he bought around 25 to 30 domains, age domains from our marketplace. No discounts, he got them for the full price. That's also important, by the way, if you ask for a bigger discount, you're not as committed yeah. to follow along and to actually get things done. Yeah. So he bought them for the full price and I've seen all sides perform. So he knows what he's doing. And yeah, um, besides that, you just, you know, he, he won't settle until he gets results from his website. And the first thing that you just have to get started so many People are just procrastinating forever. Like, well, maybe next month and it won't work. You have to go through it. You yeah. simply have to go for it. And he's one of the doers. The doers. So just taking action, just yeah. getting shit done yep. um, is the key. That I, I, I would agree. I see a lot of people and I, I 
do consultancy for a lot of people, and that's the thing. You're just like, I, I just want to shake, give you a fucking shake, yep. fucking do some work. Yep. Um, you're overthinking this, overthinking that. Um, so it's nice to see Azadine do well, and you get a lot of guys out there going, how does this guy do so well? So thought I'd ask the question on here. Yeah, yeah he's um, awesome. But we do need to wrap up uh, before everyone piles in this room um, <laughs> because it's coming up to four o'clock. But um, where else are you going to be speaking? You're obviously, I, I want to talk a little bit about the personal brand. You, yep. you, you've used people like myself, Diggity and various others to promote ODYS. You're now coming out and doing this thing. Are you com one, are you comfortable doing that? Because it's obviously not that easy going out and talking um, in front of an audience. How do you find it? Well, actually, I was surprised today. So I did a workshop and I thought like Craig will most likely be the only person there. And I'm going to end up <laughs> answering Craig's question around, you know, 30 to 50 people showed up. Uh, that was pretty surprising. Another surprising thing was that quite a few of them bought age domains. And the other half actually had done things like they built size, they redirected, they had issues. So failing quicker is one way to success. So I was impressed with that. And the, the second thing, that the, the, so the fact that they showed up and because last, last year we sponsored the, we were the main sponsors to make it happen. And this year, you know, the room was full. So th th that's a good thing. In terms of, yes, I'm enjoying it. And I'm actually a big fan of a community driven business. And you have to surround yourself with awesome people and make it a community, right? Cool. Alex, we have to wrap up. I've just been told to get yep. out. Yeah, <laughs> we're getting out. But it was short. I'm sure we'll do another podcast where we can go into how to do these things properly, yep. the redirects, the uh, acquisition pages. We can maybe do another one on Zoom yep. um, or maybe do another one in Birmingham. We can yep. go a bit more technical. Yeah, we can. But sure. it was good to finally expose Alex's feet. <laughs> on the podcast yeah, rather than just that logo um, so it has been a pleasure mate and hopefully we have a few beers tonight yep. and uh, have some fun but yep. guys the link is below go check out ODYS an approachable guy um, any questions you've got just fire them over that way cheers Greg thank, thank you. you thank you cheers, cheers. <laughs>